This is Pastor Flosser, and you're getting ready to listen to the preached Word of God taken directly from one of our services at Faith and Truth Assembly in Thomasville, Pennsylvania. We hope it is a blessing to you, and if you could take some time and just go over to the Contact Us tab on this website and send us a little message. Let us know if there's any questions we can answer, any prayer requests we can bring before the Lord on your behalf. We want to help you in any way we can. God bless you and enjoy the word. Philippians 3 verse 4 says, Though I might also have confidence in the flesh. I might be able to brag, is what he's saying, after my own ability. Some of the things that I have done as a religious man, Paul is saying, I might be able to do that. If any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. You think you can brag about your self-righteousness? He said, I could do better. And he could back it up. He's not just talking. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is, of the, which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Anything that you can brag about in yourself and say, look at me, look at how holy I am, look at how righteous I am. He said, I, I, that, that doesn't get you anywhere with God. And that's important. That's what matters. Amen. Yea, verse 8, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Somebody say win. win. That I might win, may win Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If any by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. God bless you. You can be seated. These are words that are weighty words that that have a lot of value to us today because Paul has a life and a testimony to back up some pretty steep claims that he's making. He's, he's trying to talk to us today, can I say, uh, about our, our own abilities, our, our own uh, righteousness, so what we can do to try to build ourselves up in the sight of man, and maybe even what we feel, our own confidence. A lot is said nowadays about having confidence. And I would say that's important, but but when you put your confidence in yourself, there's always, I've said it to you before, there's always this knowledge. You can't kid yourself. You're going to figure out somewhere along the line how weak you really are. 
if you haven't done it already on a grand scale, it will happen. You'll let yourself down. You can say, I'm I'm great, and I've heard statements of celebrities and, and, and maybe even celebrity wannabes that, that build themselves up and even call themselves a god or a goddess and, and want to say, you know, I, nothing can stop me. And, and I'll tell you what, there's a lot that can stop any one of us. There's a lot of things that can come against us and, and teach us the lesson that there's only so much that we've got to, 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 to de- work with and it's not much at all. Amen. What we need is God. What we need is to put our faith and our confidence in a God who is great, who is almighty, and loves us. God's got a plan and a purpose for you. And I would never be one try to tear you down and tell you that you're anything less than special. And God's got a plan for your life that is great. But if you take all those gifts and all those talents and abilities that God put in you and you miss that it's God that began the work and it's God that's going to bring you to a purpose for something great, amen, you're going to disappoint yourself. And Paul's trying to teach us that lesson. He said, you know what, I could have confidence. I could brag on myself as far as a religious man. And he begins to talk about how he pursued his religion Can I say religion outside of Jesus, religion outside of truth? And he said, I was blameless in it. I was zealous in it. In fact, I fought against people that didn't do it the way that I knew to be right more than anybody. He was there as a young man when the first martyr of Christianity, he was there, the Bible says, consenting. And he's cheering them on. Come on, hit him again with another rock. Lay your coat over here. I'll watch, I'll watch your stuff while you snuff the life out of that Christian. He's cheering him on. He's saying, you know what, kill them all. In fact, he decided later on that he was going to fight uh, this way, the Bible calls it, the followers of Jesus, to where he got authority from the government to chase them down, to hunt them down to take them off the prison and even some to their death. So he said, I was so zealous of what I knew to be right to the point that I I, I saw people killed that disagreed with my religion. But he was not grounded in the truth of God's word. Amen. Not Not the fulfillment of that word. And he says, I was zealous. Can I tell you, I want to... Not only talk about religious folks, but, but, but tell you that people are zealous towards sin as well. The same way that Paul could brag about his self-righteousness and say, you know what, nobody had zeal like me. He, he's telling us that, that, that there is a zeal that can take you in the wrong direction. In fact, one place Paul talks about the Jews of that day and says they had a zeal but without knowledge. Just because you're excited and passionate about something, does it? and can I say it this way, the word that a lot of people use, well, they are so sincere. Well, great. I put a lot of value in sincerity, but you can be sincerely wrong. You can put your heart and your goals and your energy into something that's going to lead you down a wrong path. So, Paul is saying here that I had this zeal. His zeal was toward a good cause. It was toward something that seemed to be a good thing. But, uh, but so often zeal can be 
misplace and misguiding. Hallelujah. But then he says he recognized truth. He met the Lord, knocked off of his high horse one day, if you might say, on the road to to doing these things that we had already explained. And the Bible says he met the Lord along the way. Amen. Realize that all that zeal, realize that all that that energy that he was spending on uh, what he felt to be right was a waste of time. It was not going to get him anywhere at all. And he needed to, to recognize where real value was. Recognize what God's plan for his life truly was. And the Bible says it was like uh, the parable of Jesus that he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in a field that a man knows it's in that field. So he sells everything in one place. It talks about a pearl of great price and that pearl that that one who discovers it recognizes is more valuable than everything else that I've got. So a man will sell everything he has to buy a field just to get that pearl that is somewhere in that field. And everybody around is saying, you're crazy. You're selling everything you've got for a field, but there's something in that field that is more valuable than anything, everything I've got. And Paul said here that he, uh, he lost, he counted all those things as loss and has suffered loss of all things. And he said, you know what? It's, it's just dung. It's worthless. When you recognize where true value is, and that's in doing the will of God and being saved. And now he says, I've got to win Christ. I've got to win. I've got to, I've got to make it. You see, when there is a shift in his vision, when there is an understanding, can I say a revelation, of what is truly valuable, he takes all that energy, all that zeal that he was using towards self-righteousness and says, now I've got to take all that energy and I've got to win for Jesus. I've got to be saved. I've got to do all that. Can I tell you, if people could understand that sin is taking them in the wrong direction, sin is wasting their time and sin is going to let you down. You're not going to be fulfilled. You're not going to have joy. You're not going to have peace. You're going to lose. But when you lay all that aside and say, I've got to, I've got to serve God. I've got to do God's will. It may seem like, like, like you're, you're, you're selling everything, but you're getting something so much more valuable. Somebody really gets it. Somebody really has that eye opening experience, realizes I'm not giving everything up. What, what? Look at all that you had and look at where your life was going. Manure. Just nothing, emptiness, compared to what God has given me today. Amen. Amen. Nothing. God hasn't taken something from you. God hasn't cheated you. God wants to bless you. He said, I've come to give life and that more abundantly. Hallelujah. So what you see in Paul is that understanding that eternal life, God's will, God's plan, God's purpose, Hallelujah. Where you are in your life today, you may seem like, oh, I don't understand what's going on. I'll tell you, when your life doesn't seem like it's just shooting forward and great things are happening. 
when you start feeling discouraged and maybe even bored and wonder what what is the purpose? Find God's purpose. It, it might be right where you are. It, it might be in your situation. It might be right at your job or in your relationship status of, you know, just just find God's will and don't say, oh, something's wrong. Find out what God wants you to do. You might find blessings right where you are. He said, I, I'm going to take all, I took all this zeal, I took all this energy, if I can say it that way, and, and now it's all about loving God. It's all about serving the Lord. It's all about eternity and God's purpose and God's plan for my life. And he says that I might win Christ. I heard, uh, of course, I'm sure a lot of you have maybe heard this, that in, in games and, and maybe even... Uh, uh, sports games that you might play, like softball or volleyball. You know, you want to be a good sport. You want to have a good time. When you're in a competition, sometimes that can get ugly when you're really wanting to win. And sometimes people can can have the wrong kind of attitude. And uh, someone once said to try to foster good sportsmanship and recognize that we are just want to have fun they said, you know, winning isn't everything. You know, it's not about just winning. You know, it's about having a good time and, and getting together and, and, and uh, fellowship. And, and that's, of course, very true. Winning isn't everything. But there was a coach that uh, in professional sports that was known to really motivate to win and, and, and bring people about to championships and... Uh, he was asked about that quote of, you know, winning isn't everything. This was a man who wasn't just getting together at a church picnic now. This was somebody who was making a living, making a name for themselves for uh, their particular sport. And he is quoted in saying, no, winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. And that kind of competition, obviously, when it is your career, is, uh, again, a whole lot different than maybe kids getting together and, and playing some baseball or a church getting together and playing some volleyball or whatever it might be. But when we're talking about salvation, there has to be a drive. There has to be an understanding that there is th- this competition that we're talking about is a battle for eternity. That we cannot accept loss. We cannot allow loss to be even an option. And we've got to always, we see it in Paul's writings, and we're going to read a lot more of what he wrote, that there's got to be this, this, this made-up mind that says uh, losing is not an option. Winning is everything. Because I'm not fighting against you. I'm not fighting against my brother or my sister. I'm fighting against the devil. And the devil cannot win. And there is, there is a definite promise for the church to win if we don't give up. There's mercy for you. There's help for you. There's, there's armor for you. And there's everything you need to equip you. But there can, there's got to be a, a spirit in you, a, a, a made-up mind in you that says winning is, is, is everything. Losing is not an option. There's got to be this, this spirit of, of a warfare that, that prepares us, that that we've got to think about this. I don't want you. I, I feel so, just so, 
so such importance on this that somebody hears what I have to say, that somebody understands. You can't just sit there and, and listen like like a like a song on the radio. You've got to you've got to consider your your situation. How the enemy's trying to wear you down, how the enemy's trying to cause you to fail, to lose. You cannot just go through this casually. It's not casual. When you understand it's a fight to fight, when you understand it's a warfare that we are in, when you understand there's a very real adversary, you've got to be smart. People just coast through services, coast through their life and think, you know what, oh, the devil's really fighting me. Hey, you need to be fighting. There's a battle going on and you've got to be doing something in order to win. You've got to look at how the enemy fights against you, fights against the church, fights against your faith. And you've got to take measures to fight back and to overcome. You've got to be wise and recognize how this battle is fought and won. It's not going to happen by chance. You're not going to wake up one day and say, I'm so glad I made it to heaven. You've got to know you're going to make it. You gotta know, hey, I, I'm on the winning side and, and I'm not going down. I'm not gonna lose. Amen. You're not gonna be, people say, well, I'm gonna be, you're gonna be surprised who's gonna be in heaven. I, I don't know all about that, but you better not be surprised if you make it. Amen. Now, if you're closing your eyes and allowing yourself to be deceived, you might be surprised when you don't. But you know something? God has everything there for you to be saved. He wants you to be saved. It's not God's will that any perish. You can make it. God's on your side. If God be for you, who can be against you? So the enemy will fight against you, but you've got victory. But you've got to know, you've got to fight wisely. You've got to think about what you're doing. You've got to have, have uh, that uh, plan to win. Second Timothy, Paul says it this way, at the end of his life. Second Timothy. Chapter 4, verse 7 says, I have fought a good fight. I wonder if we could honestly, I mean, this is truth. It's been, it's so much truth. It's anointed by God put in our Bibles. He's not just talking. He's not just saying encouraging words uh, to motivate. Amen. Paul is saying, I fought a good fight. I, you know, Paul, could we say that uh, the devil fought him? I don't have it in my notes right now, but let's just go ahead and paraphrase. He talked about how many times he received beatings from the enemy. You think the devil's fighting in that? Amen? How many times he was beaten with whips? How many times he was beaten with rods? He was stoned. Amen? Shipwrecked. Times he went without proper nourishment. Times he went without proper sleep. Times he went without proper clothing. Amen? He also talks about the care of the church. He said, who stumbles or is offended and I don't, and it doesn't weigh on me greatly. Amen. He, he, he dealt with some things. He dealt with some, some battles. We talked about it here on Wednesday night. He talked about a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet him, to beat on him, right? Anybody understand the devil's fighting against Paul? 
He didn't just survive. He didn't just coast through and hope for the best. He said, I fought a good fight. I believe there were times where he needed to pray a little more, pray a little more aggressively. Sometimes he needed to lay aside some things. Sometimes he needed to, to work through some things. He fought a good fight. That is a, a, a term, a phrase, if you will, that means a lot. Not just, we focus on the devil's doing this, I hope I can hold on. No hoping about it. That's not how you win battles, hope. You, you, you take the, the, the equipment that God has given you, the promises that God has given you. You take the, 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 the word of God. Yes. Amen? Amen? And you fight back. Yes. When Paul said, I fought a good fight, he was getting beat upon by spiritual forces. Discouragement. Uh, uh, just all the, all the problems of the church. All the problems of, uh, uh, of the devil fighting him. All the problems of the world. Amen? You can see it. You can see it throughout the Word of God. I think about Nehemiah a lot of times. Nehemiah had work to do. He was building the wall back up in Jerusalem. They had problems with the Syrians. They had problems with the, with the church, with the, with the brethren. They had problems with, with uh, rebellion and sin. They had, hey, I'm going to tell you what. It's not easy, but, but can you say, listen now, can you say, fighting a good fight? I'm fighting a good fight. I'm, I'm staying on top of this. I'm doing what it takes to be saved. Is this idea that, oh, you know what, I don't know if I can take much more. I don't know if I can do it much. Real, what? Paul said, I fought a good fight. How many times were you beaten, Paul? Well, I'm not Paul. No, you got the same Holy Ghost. Paul said, I'm the least of the Christians. I'm the least. I'm, 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 I'm the chief of sinners. Paul probably look at you and say, say, I'm not the man you are. I'm not the person you are. I, I, I've got a lot of problems. That's why i got to lean on God. Amen. It's not about the caliber of man or woman that you're, you are. It's about the Holy Ghost and what you do with what God's given you. You're going to have to fight. You cannot, you cannot do well just cruising through this hoping for the best. The best is not going to happen. The worst will probably happen. Because the devil's fighting you and wants you to be lost. You're going to have problems. You're going to have hurt. You're going to have difficulty. But Paul said, I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. God, in this illustration of a race that Paul is using, he says, I finished my course. I, I, I knew what I needed to do, and I did it. I finished that. I did everything I could to win. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. I'm going to be, can I just tell you that's a very symbolic way of just saying I'm going to be saved. I'm going to be saved. I, I know a lot of folks are, uh, I've seen it ever since I was a child, different pamphlets and different Sunday school material that had pictures of all the different crowns. I, I don't believe, uh, I, I believe all that is very symbolic actually. And that, that he's just, I'm going to make it. I'm going to, I'm going to receive my reward. Amen. I'm going to cross the finish line. I'm going to get my reward. Amen. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Do you hear any hesitancy in his, in his words? Do you hear any doubt? No, I'm getting my crown. Right. I, I fought a good fight. I can tell you right now what I've done. Amen. Right. There's not, well, I hope I did enough. I think maybe, no, I did what I needed to do because I cannot lose. I've got to win. Amen. Amen. 
There's nothing more important putting your, your, your goal, your zeal behind, rather, than being saved and doing the will of God. Do you see it? Amen. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but to all them that also that love his appearing. You've got to be saved. You can't just... I, I, I might have shared this with you. I was just kind of talking with somebody and kind of got to talking about just the mentality and a lot of the general attitude of the day we're living in today. And, uh, and this person said to me, people just seem, this younger generation just seems so uninspired. And, and that really stuck with me. I think about those words. It, it was a couple months now that this conversation has happened and uninspired. And I think about about that. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I think there's a lot of good reasons people are uninspired. I, I feel like a lot of things and a lot of people have let them down. And it's hard to really get excited about a lot. There's, there's not a lot of people excited about making a living, getting a job, moving forward, seeing things happen. The American dream, yeah, has let a lot of people down. I get that. But can I tell you something? God's got blessings. God's still got a plan. And I see people just kind of drifting. And, and life, this life is not good to drifters. This life is not good for people without passion. Without You say, well, passion, you can be disappointed, you can be hurt. I'm going to tell you something. You're going to be hurt nonetheless. Praise God. Be hurt for Jesus. Be hurt for the kingdom of God and recognize there will be a reward for you. There is when you have purpose and meaning in your life. See, even the, the, the day-by-day things that seem so unexciting, when you compare yourself with all the celebrity and all the drama that goes on in the world, and you say, ah, you know, where, where is all that in me? I'll tell you where it is. The, the excitement is in knowing that God Almighty has His hand on your life. And even through the heart hurt and the tears and the problems, God's got a plan for good in it. God's got an eternal plan that you matter at your job you matter in your neighborhood. You matter to your friends because God has got you where he wants you and he's going to lead you. Amen. Amen. I fought a good fight. I finished the course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge shall give me at that day. There cannot be any room for maybe. There cannot be any room for for for. Uh, the possibility. The Bible tells us in one place that those that came out of Egypt, they could not be mindful. They couldn't keep on their mind constantly about what it was in Egypt. They needed to keep their eyes on the prize, the kingdom of God. First Corinthians talks about it. First Corinthians nine. Oh, we've got to win. We've got to make. 1 Corinthians 9 uses this understanding of a race. 1 Corinthians 9.24 says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, everybody runs, but one receiveth the prize. Everybody that's in the race, everybody that's running the race, only one person receives that prize. So run that ye may obtain. He's saying run like you want to win. 
Don't just jog through this without any any direction. Don't just meander around getting distracted. Have a purpose, a goal, and win. There is something about this. I know there's a lot that people want will can get all off track with the idolatry and the celebrity of all the, the organized sports of the day. But listen to me, church. There is something here that the Bible uses as an illustration of someone who has direction, someone who has a goal, and someone who will do what it takes to cross the finish line first. Is that your heart for being saved? Do you have that mentality of someone who is training, someone who has purpose, someone who has to win? Amen. Heard something recently about those that run in races of, in the Olympics and how it is hundredths of a second that can keep you from receiving the gold medal. And how that training and how that, that, that the, the time that is put in to practice and to, to get those hundredths of a second and some of the things that you will hear that are done to, to just, just shave off hundredths of a second. How, how much time is a hundredth of a second? Just an instant. But we've got to win. Is it worth it? To shave off a hundredth of a second, I want to win. I'm going to train like I'm the only one that's not going to go to hell. I want to train like losing my soul is not an option. I've got to be saved. So run. Run like that one that wants to get the gold. You can listen to some of the stories of these Olympic athletes and you'd say, you have given up everything for a prize, for a gold medal. You have given up everything. You have made some, some sacrifices that seem extreme. Hello? You have done some things in order to be the best at your sport that just seems so, so beyond what is reasonable. I've got to win. That's what the Bible's saying. There's got to be something in you that says... This is more than a gold medal. This is eternity. Can I tell you, five minutes in hell can't be an option. But a year, a decade, a century, a lifetime, an eternity separated from God cannot be an option. There shouldn't be a time that you don't spend every day seriously in the presence of God, saying, what must I do to be saved? God, help me to win. Help me not to ever, ever slow down, slack off, be distracted. So run that ye may obtain. Every man that striveth, 1 Corinthians 9.25, and every man that striveth for the mastery... Everyone that strives for the gold medal, everyone that strives to be in first place, the blue ribbon, amen, is temperate, self-control in all things. Do you hear what he's saying? We can sit back and get distracted on, well, you know, this is just how these people run and how these people work out and how these people do this. It's just weird. It's just not like, I don't understand that mentality. He's saying, what about, what are you doing to be saved? Are you fighting a good fight? Are you going to finish your course? 
He said, if you're going to be first, you've got to be tempered. You've got to exercise self-control in all things if you're going to get the gold medal. Amen. Now, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. We've got to look at everything in our life and say, am I going to be saved? Is this fighting a good fight? Is this going to get me to heaven? We've got to exercise that self-control. Jesus put it this way. If you're going to be my disciple, you've got to deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself. That's... That's the biggie that people aren't hearing preached very much these days. Deny yourself. Oh, we have this, this big meanie, the devil, that's against us. And, yeah, I understand that. But we need to just sometimes dismiss him and know that we need, denied our, we need to deny our, our selfishness. Amen. That's why the Bible talks about laying, us, uh, laying aside every weight. Amen. Running the race. Lay aside whatever's holding you down. Don't you fight with God. You can say you just don't like the way the preacher preaches, but don't fight with God when he's saying, I didn't ask you if it was a sin or not. If it's weighing you down, get it out of your life and be saved. Where, where, where is there a, you know, there's just something about, I, I, can, I can't say that I've ever had a discussion. I can tell you I definitely have not that I know of talked with an a- Olympic athlete or someone of that caliber. But to talk to somebody who wants to win in any part of their life, somebody who wants to achieve, whether it is a diploma or a promotion or something, and you talk to them, it's an elevated kind of uh, mentality that doesn't say, well, this is just going to keep me alive. I'm just surviving. No, no, no. I'm taking measures to get the job. I'm taking measures measures to get the education. I'm taking measures to win the prize. I'm doing something that's going to set me above everybody else that's doing it. It's not about what can I get, how can I get by? How can I do the least to try to, no, no, no. I've got a goal and I'm going to obtain that. Amen. Amen. There, there's something about somebody in the spirit that's got that kind of attitude. I just don't, I've never understood this. I've seen people, good folks, that have had a walk with God that I thought they had a walk with God at least. Maybe that counts for something. I don't know. Let's say, well, how come they get away with it? What? Do you want to win or do you want to compare yourself with the least common denominator? Nobody's getting away with anything. Why don't you try to be excellent for Jesus and not try to see, oh, I want to compare myself. If, If they can, why? No, you can't if you want to win. Oh, if they don't get right, they're not going to win either. But you've got to make it. It's not what can we get away with. It's how much can we do to make sure we fight a good fight. You're going to have to overcome. Amen. You know what Jesus said? If your right eye would cause you to stumble. Wow. That's extreme. Amen. If your right hand would make you falter, the King James word is cause you to be offended or to offend. It just means it's a stumbling block. He's talking about extreme measures. You understand God is not somehow recommending if it's going to take self-mutilation. But he's using something that could be the dearest, most important thing to you to give up. Hey, how about Abraham? Take that firstborn son of yours and give him to me. Amen? I've got to be saved. God had no intention of having him go through a, a, a human sacrifice. Of course not. But he showed, Abram showed by his obedience that he trusted God. 
What about you? What about you? Oh, it's, it, it, is it worth it? Is the field worth it? Is the kingdom of God worth it to, to, to lay aside some weights, to, to, to give up some things that seem so dear? You're going to have to make some hard decisions to be saved. Nobody gets a gold medal without making hard decisions. Nobody makes a, gets a blue ribbon. Nobody gets a, 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 a can I say, a, a diploma or, or, or a promotion. Or, nobody gets that without making some sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. What is a sacrifice to you? I'll tell you, it's the heart of the gospel. Almighty God sacrificed so that we could have salvation. Can I say fighting a good fight, finishing a course is going to take some sacrifice. You're going to have to give some things today to get somewhere tomorrow. So you're going to have to give something. You're going to have to make some sacrifices to get ahead in God, to get victory in God. You might, that sacrifice might be the approval of people. It, it might be some of your time and energy. It might be some of your pride. It may be some things that you know right well. It's tugging against your, your walk with God. Lay it aside. Sacrifice for the kingdom of God. You'll be so glad you did. You think anybody on the, you know, in, in the Olympics with that gold medal, they're saying, oh, this, this wasn't worth it. Oh, you know how I ate for a year? Why? What was I thinking? What was I thinking? You know what I should have done? I should have ate as many donuts as I wanted to. Gold medal. What's this worth to me now? No, not one has ever said anything like that. This is the stupidest thing. No. Oh, I, all that. You ever, ever, you know, here's, here's, you know, what did you say? What did it take? All the training. Was it worth it? No way. For this, forget it. This is stupid. No. They had their, their vision on something higher. Every. Every one of them, worth it all. Amen. I'm going to tell you more than just for a corruptible crown, the Bible says, but for an incorruptible, for eternity. You look at people sometimes, and and they, they oh, they they they're so serious about serving God. They're so serious about living for God. Losing's not an option. Winning is everything. What what's going to be worth it? Do you think anybody from the Bible? You know, we've got examples. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But we've got examples. Do you really think there's one person? Do you think, do you think Judas is saying, oh, those, that silver they pay, paid me off with, that was worth it. Oh, that, that stew that Jacob gave Esau, oh, totally worth it. If you would have tasted it, so much more important than my birthright. You think? You think Demas, who loved this present world and forsook Paul, you think he said it was worth it when he finished his course? No. Now, Paul, do you think it was worth it? Do you think he thought it was worth all that he went through? Do you think he'd tell you it was worth it? He's telling us today in this, it's worth it all. Amen. But, Paul, you lost so much. But, Paul, you ended up in prison. But, Paul, you were persecuted. But, Paul, you were hated. But, Paul, people despise you. But, Paul, you were beaten. Worth it all. If you're right, I offend you. If you're right, I would cause you to stumble. Don't be lost. Don't don't lose. Don't don't lose. Don't let anything cause you to lose. Jeremiah six. Jeremiah six. Verse sixteen. It says, Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways. Now listen, this has been quoted a lot. Probably every meeting I've ever gone to, every conference, every camp meeting, this is going to be quoted at least once. 
But more than quoting it, I think we need to recognize how important it is to live it, to do it. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways. Now, what's the ways? We're talking about getting around some folks that have some understanding that we need to listen to. Stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein. And ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. Also, I said a watchman over you, saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not hearken. Let me tell you something here in just the last couple minutes of this message. Of We've got to win. We've got to win. We've got to do what it takes to win. There's a way to win. There's a way to, to, to overcome. Can I tell you that God said here, look, ask, find out what the right way to do it is, and then do that and win. Amen? Amen? There, you know, there is this glorified Hollywood, forgive me, but I was raised in it. I, when, I was probably in, when I was in elementary school, I may have told you this, I was in elementary school somewhere between kindergarten and fifth grade. So I would have been somewhere between five and ten years old. I looked at someone and very honestly, not being dramatic, I said, I've seen more movies than you've seen TV commercials. That's how I was raised. Okay? So I know Hollywood. There is this glamorized idea of the soldier that is a maverick. The soldier who is the lone wolf. The guy who goes off and does his own thing and he's the hero. He's the, he's the, the rebel that doesn't go for all that stuff that all the other soldiers do. And he runs out, he brings them all down. You know, he straps the big 50 caliber to his shoulders and just takes down the whole uh, uh, charging army that's coming against them. Who cares what the sergeant says? Who cares what the commander says? I know what I'm doing. That never won a war. You don't read about those guys in the history books. What you got to do is find out how winners win. The Bible and preaching the Bible and, and examples that are in the house of God. How do you do it right? There's so many people, it just seems like even people that get started good, they think, well, you know what, but that's not for me. That might work for them, but it, it doesn't work for me. Can I tell you what? What works for, for a child of God works for you. The kind of prayer, oh, I can do it without prayer. I can do it without church. I can do it without, without a pastor. I can do it without about service and worship and preach. Come on now. Stand in the old path. Stand in the, in the ways and ask and see. There's a way for you to win. And do it in another way. It doesn't work. It never has. People say, well, I just don't understand why it's so hard for me. Well, Number one, you know, it's not easy for anybody. You know, some folks just make it look easy, but they're fighting fights too, all right? But listen to me. There's some things that just don't work. It's, it's, it's just that simple. There's some things that aren't the old paths. Just, just going through the motions, just playing church, it does not work. With having no zeal, no passion, no when the Bible says effectual fervent prayer, when the Bible talks about worshiping and, and, and praising God and loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, talks about mixing the word with faith and all the things that are right, holiness and separation, living modest and decent. It, it, that's how it works. You can get in church and look around and say, well, I don't think that's for me. Is winning for you? 
is making it to heaven for you? Because there's a way to get to heaven. See, there's a lot of things you might have questions about, and there's no problem with that. No problem with that. Questions are good. Amen. But, praise the Lord. Can I tell you this? Most people, they'll look at stuff, and I get it. I mean, I've never, I've tried my best to, to project this in my preaching. I get that some things just might not be just uh, obvious to why we do that. I get that. And I try to answer as many questions as I can in the preaching. Try to explain what we're doing, why we're doing it. You can't cover everything, even though we try. But I get how some things just, you might say, well, I don't get it. I mean, some, come on now. Somebody that's new in the church and, and they're, they're hearing worship, they're hearing speaking in tongues. What's that? How is that? Uh, you know, I had a man just quit really quickly. One of these guys that said, man, I'm just going to be your right hand man. Never works out <laughs> that you're going to just say all that, but just do it. Just go ahead and get your heart into it. But then came to a prayer meeting somebody and said, I heard somebody speaking in tongues. I didn't understand. I had a prayer meeting. I didn't understand what they were saying. They weren't talking to him. Right? So, but that's wrong. That's confusion. And I'm leaving. I get, I get how that might, might be strange to some. Anybody say it was strange to me the first time I was in church? Absolutely. I don't get that. That doesn't make sense. That's, that maybe you were in a church that said that's wrong. Some churches preach that's evil. Some churches preach that that is demonic. Sure. And a lot of people just say, I don't know anything about it, but it just gives me the creeps. I get that, right? That's not sacrilege if you don't understand it. Listen, there's a lot more that we could say. I don't understand why you do this. Huh? But can I tell you something? There's reasons for why we do what we do to get us across the finish line. There's a reason why it works. You might not understand that, just like I might walk into a, an operating room and say, why are you doing that? That looks so horrible. I, I've, I've gotten very little, you know, stitches and a cut in my hand, uh, pulling a nail out of a finger already, and I've looked at the person dealing with saying, how can you be so mean? That is so awful what you do. I've said it. Well, how can you do that? You're so mean. I've had a rip open cut that started healing. i got to see how deep it is. I said, you're so cruel. That was doing so good until you got your mitts on it. And they're cleaning things out. They're scrubbing it with, with iodine brushes, and it hurts. Amen. I've had them stick needles in a hole to irrigate the, the wounds. To clean out. That's terrible. I don't understand why you'd be so mean. Is all to help me heal up. And that's just little stuff. Church is like that. There's a lot of things that you can say, that doesn't make any sense to me. Just like you might look an athlete, uh, an athlete and say, you just, do you have to do all that? Really, does it take all that? Are you going to get across the finish line first? It does. Examples of what works. The Bible says find out what works and do that. If you're doing less than what works... The results are going to show. That makes sense. He says, stand in the way, ask, and walk therein. Do what you find works to get people spiritual and saved. There are examples all around you of what does not work. It's never worked. Examples in the Bible of how people backslide, about how people fail. Don't do that. Amen. 
examples of holiness, examples of separation, examples of, of being safe and laying aside weights. It works. Amen. An example of even, even in a service like today, the flow of a service and, and what works and what is right. You say, well, that's just not me. Hey, is, is you a winner? <laughs> Do you want to win? Then you need to take some some examples of of winning and and take that and do it. Amen. How do I get the most out of the preaching? Oh, I need it to be saved. How do I get the most out of a worship service? How do I get the most out of out of out of church and out of prayer? How do I get the most out of that? Oh, that doesn't matter. We we're lazy. Come on. I'm just going to try to slide by and hopefully I make it to heaven while the devil is wreaking havoc in this world and in your life. While the devil is fighting your mind, fighting your spirit, and we're going to say, well, I'm not going to do my best. I'm not going to do all it takes. I'm not going to have that kind of of zeal that I've had for sin for God. Can I tell you, the idea of the old paths, standing there, observing, listening, asking questions, and walking in them, and not taking the example of the spiritual losers. It works. There's a way to be saved. There's a way that you can make it. There's a way that you can have a fulfilling, blessed life. And the idea that you can step aside from that and still win, somehow you can walk less than what the old paths are and be the hero, be the one that fights the enemy and wins Against the rules, against the examples of, no, not in God's kingdom. It's not going to happen. Winning is going to take a calculated effort, knowing what I need to do and doing that. Pursuing, the Bible says, follow peace with all men and holiness. Pursue it. Follow after it. Take the example Walk in the steps of Jesus. Walk in the steps of those that God has put in your life to show you how to win. Nobody, I'll tell you, this life, whether you're in church or out of church, it is, it, it's going to be difficult. There's going to be pain. But it's so much harder on those that have no purpose, have no heart to be a winner. People are getting chewed up. People are getting torn to pieces because they're just kind of hoping for the best. That's not what this Bible teaches, hoping for the best. It talks about fighting a good fight, making sure you win. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Sister Katie, can you play something for us, please? Thank you so much for all your help. The devil's not letting up. This world's not getting any easier to, to deal with for sure. You might feel like you've taken an easy route by just not caring, not thinking about it. But time's going to tell. Those who are conditioning themselves, those who are exercising faith, those who are putting their hearts into living for God. Because they want to win. Praying. Serving. Loving God. With purpose. 
there's a way to win. This preaching that you hear, the presence of God reaching for you, it's all got one goal in, in mind to get you across the finish line to help you win. We can't lose. We cannot allow ourselves. It's time to step up. It's time to do whatever it takes. The Bible talks about so many that, that run this race, that fight this fight. And in the end, the last days the Bible talks about, falling away, losing faith, getting their eyes on an easier way. God's got something for you. God's got a God's got an eternity. Not five minutes in heaven. Not a week, a month, a year, but eternity. To spend with Him in the joy of the Lord. But in the meantime, there's a race to run. The goal, the prize is so worth it. Can I tell you, in spite of all the battles, in spite of all the trouble of sacrifice, the pain of going through what you got to go through, when you understand the value, when you understand what God has given you, it's a life worth living. It's a life that is an abundant life. Hallelujah. Can we stand? And, oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's reach out to God right now. Let's just reach out to Him. God, you're so good. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Brothers and sisters, be saved. Help them make it, Lord. Where are your priorities today? Where are your priorities today? Oh, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. away for you to be saved. When I received the Holy Ghost, it wasn't in just perfect situation. Sixteen years old, just I just wanted to be saved. I took what I knew, I took what I what I could get to just be filled with the Holy Ghost. No, and I just wanted to be saved. No, and I just want. Let me tell you, you can be saved. You can, you can have everything that God has for you. You can have it. God wants you to be saved. God wants you to be blessed. He wants to help you. He wants to work in you. He wants to work through you.
But you gotta, you got to fight this fight. you got to run this race. you got to do what it takes. It's not just going to happen by chance. You can hold back. You can say maybe sacrifice isn't for me. But I, you can maybe say it's not worth my time to really put in any extra energy. But there's a way to win. When the devil's fighting you hard, you've got to win. You've got to overcome. What's holding you back? It's nothing God can't handle in you. Nothing God won't handle. He wants you to be saved. The cross is a clear, clear message that He wants you to be saved. And He'll do everything He can to help you make it But the rest is up to you to just take a hold of what God has for you. The rest is up to you. You've got to want to win. You've got to want to make it. Hallelujah. Can we all stand? Lord, we love you. Thank you. Thank you for this anointing. Thank you for this presence of your spirit, God. Thank you. Lord, help us to take the time to consider what it's going to take to run this race, to fight this fight. Help us to take the time, Lord, to hear from you, to help us to be saved. God, we need your help. We need your strength. We need your direction. Lord, I ask you to bless your people now, Lord. Direct our paths for your glory. Bless the service tonight, God. We thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Pray for the service tonight. Pray for God's power to move in a great way. God bless you.